That's a slow clap. Remember when slow claps were like it? As the de facto buildup of energy. Yeah. It was around it was around the same time that um progressive house music was popular. When you when people were really itching in everyday life for the buildup, pause, yeah. and then some sort of drop. People were really into the drop. I guess so. I remember it being a thing, but then very quickly turning into like a satirical thing. Like, mm. oh yeah, man. <laughs> like a slow clap for somebody. Uh, um, I don't know if you recall that. As an insult. Uh, as an insult. Yeah. Yeah. As an insulting thing. Yeah. 100%. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I feel that. I mean, there's that. There's the golf clap. There's the miniature yeah. violin. Yeah, miniature violin is like if you're pulling out a miniature violin in 2022, I was like, I'm over you. Uh-huh. I'm over yeah. you. You know? Um, and the golf clap like this, like, is that what we're talking about? Like the little yeah. golf clap? Yeah. I mean, I typically don't do that. I try not to make too many enemies in real life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if possible. Yeah, you don't have any. I have Several, I feel like. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I gained another, which we'll talk about today, maybe. <laughs> Wonderful. <laughs> this is, if you don't know, this is the world's premier dedicated Fast and Furious podcast. My name is Nick Nocera. And I'm Daryl Long. And uh, every week we watch a Fast and Furious movie and we talk about it for, you know, a little bit. This week we watched Fast Five. And I've been a longtime hater of this movie. Not a hater, but like, I've been a longtime detractor that this is the best of the series and that it's the most important and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Here's what I'll say this week after watching it. This movie rips pretty hard. It's yeah, pretty, it's, pretty, it's pretty good. It's pretty good. <laughs> it's pretty good sort of the whole way through, you know? Mm-hmm. And uh, it starts off pretty good and then um, keeps getting kind of better and then <laughs> ends up pretty great, actually. In the right. end. Yeah. <laughs> I had a really, really great time watching this movie this week. Um, that's my main takeaway. Everybody is good in it. Even though The Rock is kind of bad in it, he's still pretty good in it. Mm-hmm. Gal Gadot is great in this movie. Strangely, um, Vin is right where he needs to be. Paul Walker is alive, which is mm-hmm. a huge boon for this movie. It's a big <laughs> plus for this movie. It's, um, man, everybody's kicking it. Even, um, even, um, Mr. Shaggy Dog, <laughs> Vince, Roof, Roof, Arf, Arf. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Dog's gotta eat. Dog gotta eat. <laughs> <laughs> Um, he's pretty, you know, he's not great, but he's like good, I guess, you know. Yeah, Matt he's Schultz there. He's his a name, yeah, yeah. He's, yeah. Schultz is a positive to the movie, he's an addition, he's a positive addition to the movie, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, Jordana's like, you know, she's in it, she's in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think she so, has a lot to do in this movie, but she's in it, right. 
Um, yeah, I mean, I caught the same vibe this week. Watching Fast Five, I think this movie does what it's supposed to do, and it does it well. Mm. It's all it's about reinvention. It's about aspiration. It's about transition. And one of the things I really liked about this movie is that I think it, you know, if you're going to be bad, be really bad, you know? And I think that this movie takes um, the heist aspects of original The Fast and the Furious. Yeah. I think in in two and four, they really play up the informant piece of the original movie. But this one is a return to stealing for the stake for the sake of stealing, working for yourself for your own self benefit. And to me, the fifth movie here is a, it's a, it's more of a one-to-one trans like a translation of skills, but with increased maximum stakes. And I think yeah. that's what makes this movie, you know, shine. Right. 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 And I mean, he, mm. Yeah, everybody sort of has figured out the apex of their character, right? Mm -hmm. And it's all sort of hitting at the same time. You can debate whether or not, like, like Roman Pierce gets old immediately. Like, in the next (laughs) movie, it's like, I'm over this vibe. And, like, Mm -hmm. I certainly, like, there's no way they could keep sustaining this for another four movies after this, right? Right. Um. But you don't have that here, right? Because we haven't seen Roman Pierce since 2003. Mm -hmm. And this is now 2011. So that's math amount of year. year. Eight? Eight years. That's eight years. (laughs) Right, so it's like, it's fresh and it's like, He's a little more mature, so he's a little different, right? Not mm-hmm. he's not mature in personality, but he's he's he has like matured in age. So it's like it's a little bit of a different Tyrese that's coming to the table, and mm-hmm. it's a, it's like oh Han Han took some like baby steps to figure out in three, and now we're coming back in five, and it's like oh we've got some stuff to do, you know? It's like we get to yeah. see Han in his element rather than just be like the wise teacher and or the like sort of voice of, of wisdom in the beginning of four. Right. Mm-hmm. You get to like Han, see Han rip it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just feel like every nut is getting cracked. Yeah. And they're, yeah, I think they're achieving where they want to be. They're taking fast. They're making it faster. Mm. They're taking Vin. He's strong. Making him stronger, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're making everybody seem a little smarter, right? Yep. They were regular household criminals before. And they now picked they're up some an international sports. gang of mega criminals, right? Exactly. Yeah. And they've taken family and they've made it family-er, okay? So they've... <laughs> <laughs> Totally. No, absolutely they have. There's no yeah. doubt about that. It's way family mm-hmm. this movie. You're totally right. Um, and like, it's a heist movie, which is like fucking fun. Mm-hmm. Right? It's like one singular goal. It's a little tough because the heist doesn't come in 
for the first like 40 minutes of the movie. It takes about 40 minutes for the movie to get rolling on the high stuff. Mm-hmm. Honestly, like that's fine because we haven't seen, we, we need time to catch up. Mm-hmm. I'm guessing a ton of people who saw this in 2011 had missed fast ampersand furious in 2009. Yeah. Right. I'm not saying everybody, I'm sure everybody who saw ampersand was com- was showing up for five, but five, I remember just having such a hugely different media cycle and promotion cycle than four mm-hmm. that I feel like a lot of people showed up to five that mm-hmm. hadn't weren't coming, had made me seen one or none of these movies. So, um, you know, you need some time to reestablish who everybody is, where they're at, and what they want. Mm-hmm. Okay, Brian O'Connor used to be a cop, is now a criminal. Pert happily tells us that in the beginning of this movie. Okay, right. so he's married to, or not married, but he's with, you know, Jordana Brewster, who's the sister of this other guy who we haven't seen for, for a while, or like they broke out of prison, who's on the run. And they, what they want is to get out of ta- Dodge, right? They want to mm-hmm. escape prosecution from the U.S. government. Great. Great goals. Easy time. You know? Dumb. On the run. Wants security. Wants to stop running. Wants, you know, his house back. His home. You know? It's like, it just does a good job of, like, setting up our main characters. Even Vince, who's, like, all he wants is now. He, like, he's been falling through the cracks for a while. And it was aban- mm-hmm. felt abandoned. And now he's found a home somewhere and wants security for his family. Right? So... Do we think... Yeah. Do we think that if Gal Gadot's character never existed, people never saw four, right, in this, in this like, whatever as viewers who are starting at five, what do we think about her character's introduction as if this is the first time people are seeing her in five? I don't think like it's a negligible mention of what she did for Braga, right? Like there's exactly, there's basically (laughs) nothing in this movie that's like, Oh yeah, I used to work for Braga and Dom did a heist against Braga and sort of like got him back to the U S you know what I mean? And then there was this whole thing. Who gives a shit? Like, and honestly, right. this movie doesn't care about that at all. This movie doesn't mm-hmm. really care about four, period. Except in the beginning when it does this sort of born identity, born supremacy thing where it stops at the end of four and then immediately starts where four ended. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, it's like if Gal Gadot was just a person who showed up and was like, what's up? I know Dom from back when. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> Sounds good. Everybody else here is also in that bucket, you know? It's exactly. Like, what do we give a shit? Like, have a good time, you know? Um, and I do think they sort of, like, I mean, they sort of do that with Tego and Omar, right? Where it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, I guess, I know Tego and Omar are in four. Um, yeah. In the DR scene. Only in the beginning, yeah. But it's like... Again, it's like who that's even less of an introduction or like background than Godot, right? Right. So it's just like, oh, there's these two guys and they know Dom and they're hanging out. It's like, okay, 
Sounds cool, yeah. man. <laughs> you know? <laughs> I, I agree with that. I think with Taekwondo Omar, I think with Gal Gadant, uh, this movie succeeds in a reintroduction and a yeah strong, re- in- strong basically introduction of these characters where you don't have to know anything about the previous movies. You, the audience, can ignore that Fast and Furious ever happened. And this sits as a welcome back, yep. but also a... Nice to meet you. A fresh introduction. For all of the characters. And that's yeah. all the movie needs to do. And it does it really well, right? It's like, just tell us who these people are and, like, where they're at. It couldn't be... The, the where they're at could be totally different than where we've previously seen them at, right? Mm-hmm. Especially in the case of Han, where it's like, we see him die. And then it's like, come back. It's like, oh, here's where They're I'm like, at. you know what? Just erase that. Yeah, okay? erase Just that. fresh start here. Okay. Here's where I'm at now. Uh, and it's like, okay, great. No problem. Like, I'm, uh, what matters so much more is that the interpersonal chemistry and connection and writing between these characters works well, rather than it make whole sorts of mytho- you know, like mythological sense in terms of the lore of where all these people came from. Like, mm-hmm. which is, <laughs> I heard your, I saw your eyes perk up at the word mythology, right? Mm-hmm. Because our man Vin, our real life man Vin, cares a lot about mythology in terms yeah. of this series. My position that i'm coming to my point my statement that i'm coming to is that he should sort of stop caring about that (laughs) right these movies have never relied on a foundation of mythology and they shouldn't try to Mm. right the like mythologizing of jake like in nine it's the mythologizing of jacob doesn't work that well to me. Mm-hmm. I enjoy the scenes. I think the scenes from olden times are well constructed. Uh, you know, you know when they're teens are like really well constructed, well acted, well shot. Like are fun to be in and watch. But if Jacob the character as an adult is not really for me impacted one way or the other by watching those scenes of him as a youngster, right? Mm-hmm. Like if you had just told me Jacob. If Jacob just showed up out of the blue, this is Dom's brother, like, he was a bad, he's a bad guy. Okay. Then we can, like, get into what the betrayal was. Short. We could have sort of said that or seen that some other way other than, like, the six flashback scenes, I feel like. Mm-hmm. It could have been done, and it would have been fine for us. We didn't need the huge mythologizing of this. And I think like these movies strengths is not in its mythology. It's not in its lore. Right? Because people don't give a shit. Most right. people don't give a shit. Right. Most people do not give a shit. Right. <laughs> yeah. And it's like and well, all the yeah. 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 All the effort to go and build and intertwine deeper and deeper backstory is lost on the majority of people who in the same way that when they watched Fast 5 didn't see Fast 4 as they progress through the movies, you know, Fast 9 might be the first movie that they see, and they don't care. They don't care that Jacob may or may not be Dom's younger brother, and to them, Jacob does, they don't have to have that relationship. 100%. 100, Like 100%. And like, 
there are properties in which the lore is important. I struggle with those sometimes, but sometimes I love, I love them. I love when you like give me a bunch of lore and a bunch of rules and I'm like, you got it, dude. You know what Mm -hmm. I mean? It's like one of the things I like best. I just don't think that the, this franchise needs to rely on that. It's like, and it's certainly not, and it's really hard to get nine movies in or even five movies in. I think they really recognize this in five where it's like, it's hard to get five movies in where you really haven't cared that much about like the lore and the story and the mythology of these characters that it's like, and having that be really concrete. You haven't cared about that for five movies. You can't really start now, Mm -hmm. right? You can't really start caring about that now because we know it's horseshit, right? (laughs) Like we've seen the past eight movies. Like we know that you're like the gravitas you're trying to put on this is, is fabricated. Now, something like Lord of the Rings. I watched this new Lord of the Rings show. You see this thing? I have not. Well, I mean, I have thoughts about it. But like, <laughs> it's got all this like crazy ass fucking like low, you know, like story that seems mm-hmm. to be really important to people that I don't really understand, but like is great. It's like. And sometimes that really works for me in this show, and sometimes it's like you've completely lost me. Mm-hmm. Right? I'd rather actually give me a sense of like a concrete sense of time, the passage of time within the context of your show. Mm-hmm. And I tweeted about this a little bit the other day, but like, uh, I'd really like you to give me a, a concrete amount of time that this is happening in, rather than like explain the whole like lore of a thousand years to me. Mm-hmm. Like, those things are differentially important to me. But sometimes it really works for me, you know, like whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. The lore is that like the whatever. thing? Yeah. yeah, I mean, on this lore thing, is that the thing that's broken with these Star Wars spinoffs? I tried to watch mm-hmm. this Andor thing mm-hmm. and watch two episodes. It's unwatchable. I don't think I finished wow. that Obi Wan Kenobi one either. Well, that was truly un. That was a truly unwatchable show. I think there's, and you know, maybe this is uh, asking too much. There's at least with these two Andor ones I watched, nothing ever happens. I watched two episodes, and they just end in the middle of nowhere. I don't understand where I am, what I'm building toward, who's who, and what we're doing. Okay, a little bit of a like shout out because like Andor is a property I've been watching that I have enjoyed a little bit more than some of this other bullshit. But I have real problems with this modern Star Wars TV shit. Right? Okay. Like big, big, big problems with it. Okay. Right? And Andor is to me like it's notching it up a little bit, maybe not entirely. One thing is like Andor looks better than any of this other garbage that's been put. Mm-hmm. Out it really looks good, and I appreciate that. Um, and it's been kicking it a little bit for me. I'm <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, Andor has been kicking it for me. Do you think it falls into this category of like? You know, making up stories to place in... Yeah, I think that's hard. I think that's a hard thing to do successfully. It's like weasel your story, like wedge it into this existing construction and have it like be that impactful. Because A, we know where it starts and B, we know where it ends. Mm -hmm. It's like, so why should I give a shit, right? Let's take something like a little movie I went to see a unbelievable 3d IMAX re-release of this past week, which was avatar. Hey, (laughs) 
theatrical 3D re-release. Oh, yeah, baby. Big IMAX screen. Big fucking 3D goggles. (laughs) (laughs) Like, just what? Okay, Daryl, it was incredible. Yeah. I mean, so good. It was, that movie is, it's so good. It's, it might be the greatest cinematic achievement of the past 20 years. It's incredible. I don't mean the best yeah. movie, but like, it's so tight and well constructed. And like, it's just, uh, it's amazing. It mm-hmm. is amazing. And like, the thing about that movie is it's so lore heavy, right? It's so rules based. In the first five minutes, they're like, okay. Pandora. It's a moon, uh-huh. right? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and like on it, there's these giant nine foot tall blue people. <laughs> and this, yes. But also there's humans who want to extract ore, like this crazy mm-hmm. ore. And this Marine is being sent there to participate in a science program <laughs> It's like, it's not the like ore extraction science program. It's this other thing that's like mm-hmm. hearts and minds. We like inject your consciousness into like a fabricated genetic body that looks exactly like you, but I also can't tell these the difference. nine foot yeah. tall blue people <laughs> so that you can go and sort of learn about their drive. Incredible. It's like, it's such, it has such a enormous rock to lift over its head, but it doesn't incredibly elegantly and like within 10 minutes you're like yeah great got it yeah. i'm on board <laughs> and you can be 12 years old and you're in it you understand what's going on yeah. and the stakes are very real and tangible to you and they set it up so well that like two hours two hours later not nine episodes later two mm-hmm. hours later right when Tutte is like looking Jake Soleil in the face and he's like, I will fly with you. You're like, fuck yeah, he'll fly with you. (laughs) 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 It's like, the movie is astonishing. Mm -hmm. I'm so pumped for the way of water. Um, when's this, when's, there's this, when's, yeah, when, when's this next one. movie Christmas, coming Christmas, baby. <sighs> yeah, like two months. Nuts. Wow. There's a very, I did tweet about this the other day too. There's a non-zero chance that my first child will be born on the day that Avatar 2 comes out. Jake Sully no Sarah. It's a tough choice. <laughs> I'm just saying, it's going to be a tough choice. Which Vincent event I'll be attending. Jake. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah. So, you know, shit's happening, man. Shit's happening. Um, where, how do we get on this avatar? How do we start talking about avatar? Oh, lore. Mythology. Lore. I just think, like, race fast cars and blow stuff up. Like, have a good time. Have a mm-hmm. good time, you know? That's all you got to do. Just have a good time. I'll have a good time. Right. You have a good time. I'll have a good time. That's all I care about from these movies. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else you got? <clears throat> mm, that was mostly it. I had a small thing here just around, like, just the balance 
between Paul and Ben. Mm. Like Ben in real life is he's a nerd, but yeah. in in these movies and as a care as an actor, he plays cool. He plays a version of cool that he's able to sell very well. Where Paul seems pretty chill in real life, and he in these so movies right. plays the nerd. He plays like a dweeb, right? And yeah, 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 he plays a dweeb, and that balance that is the that's the thing that makes these movies nice. And with Paul's passing, that balance is upset because Vin then finds himself in a situation where totally. you know. He's trying to play cool, but he's also trying to absorb that role and that, you know, counterbalance, counterweight that Paul was playing. Yeah, and I think that's like, it's tough. Yeah. I mean, that does feel like the, I know they've tried to inject some pseudo Paul Walkers into this series, you know? Mm -hmm. um, kind of like the Scott Eastwood, you know, vibe. Yeah. But like Sky Eastwood, a isn't Paul Walker. Sorry, mm -hmm. at all. <laughs> like sorry at all. <laughs> um, but B, I think it's like it definitely the movies treat it in a way of like, yeah, this guy's here, but like also Vin is just gonna do both. Mm -hmm. Both parts of it, you know what I mean? Like, and in this movie, I mean that's no none more clear than this movie. You know, like when. When they're going through the like the roll call of everybody of like you know we need a guy, two guys who like don't break under pressure whatever like all that mm -hmm. shit. Um, and then they get to the end and and Dom's like, Leslie, we need two precision drivers, <laughs> you know. You know we got that guys who don't crack under pressure. Uh, yeah, and Paul's like, you know we got that. It's like they're going through. People one by one by one by one by one. And then they get to them and it's like, oh, they're a team. They're like mm -hmm. this symbiotic unit that works together. And when half of that unit, unfortunately, can no longer, you know, is no longer around, it's not like you can just, you know what I mean? Like, you can't mm -hmm. just, like, get somebody else in there. And also, like, that half of that unit doesn't, won't work on its own. It doesn't encompass the whole thing. It's, mm -hmm. a, it's a real, it's a real problem, and it, and the movies have not figured out a way to deal with it mm -hmm. successfully at all, right? At all. I mean, it's, I mean, there's no question that it's the problem with eight, nine, Hobbs and Shaw, like all the stuff that doesn't have Paul. Walker. There's no, there's no question. It's that like Paul Walker is missing. These movies kind of don't work without that chemistry, and it's like, what are we gonna do? Yeah, and they never successfully pivoted Letty from the damsel in distress into the, like, respected on the same level as a Dom driver. But they can't because she's in a sexual relationship with Dom. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying that, that that's a prohibitive thing for somebody to be a leader and above it, whatever, you know what I mean? But it's like, I do think that there's... Like, because there's this romantic aspect to their relationship of, like, A saving B or B saving A because they care about them in a romantic, like, context full of love, 
that's a different dynamic. I mean, it's just like it, it's a dynamic that like sets our expectations as moviegoers about that relationship. And it's like, yeah, you can play mm-hmm. with that and break it. But in either way, in any way you're working with that relationship, you're working with it in the context of what we already know to be a romantic connection. Right? Mm-hmm. So you're either working with that and, or you're working against it. And, but there's no escaping it basically. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, like we've said, I would love to see Letty devoid of that relationship in her own context, doing her own thing in like a Letty spinoff. But uh, you know, we'll see if that ever happens. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hey, one more point about this, but I don't know. I don't really know what it is. I mean, 10 doesn't seem promising in terms of like returning us to some sort of dynamic that works. Mm -hmm. Is the thing. Right? Yeah. It's going the, uh, it's going the transporter route. Well, quite literally. (laughs) Leterrier is getting in there. Frenching Mm -hmm. it up. (laughs) you know um all right so what are we talking about we're talking about shout outs you got shout outs i have a little shout out yeah give us a shout out a little shout out nothing too crazy so um i've up i yeah i've updated to this what am i ios is it 14 now 15 16 maybe 16 whatever the newest one is um i've got all my new shit I really enjoy my shout out this week is to this weather widget. Okay. I like the customizable home, uh, home screen or like lock screen. Mm. I like the dynamic weather. Okay. Nice. Without looking at time, day, weather, precipitation. But what's been really useful to me is also sunset because as the season is changing from fall into winter here, my days are getting shorter and it really helps me. I'm a constant. I'm constantly checking the weather and understanding light and time of day. And I think the uh, widget really takes it to the next level. Yeah, man. I like. I'm. I'm not a huge widget guy in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I don't have a weather widget. What widgets do I have? I have a battery widget. I'm a big fan of. Mm-hmm. I'm liking the new weather app, though, I will say, which I assume the weather widget is an extension of. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where it's got, I like the maps, the sort of precipitation maps, and the day, the time of day heat indicators. I'm a big dew point guy, which I feel mm. like is not. You have to keep your moisture levels in check. Mm, yeah, you gotta. I get as very, wet as possible. Well, for a specific, for a good reason. Allergies, my allergy when it's moist in the air or has rained or is raining, kicking up all this dust and pollen and bullshit, and it just drives me nuts. Allergy. Mm -hmm. So if it's a dry day, I'm much better. Mm. I don't got to take my antihistamines in the morning. But if it's Mm. if it's if there's moisture in the air, I need to uh, prepare for that. Mm. You know, so. Um, all right, shout out, shout out to the weather widget on very useful the latest iOS. Okay, very cool, very cool. Um, oh, 
I got an anti-shout out. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's a strong Nick Nocera anti-shout out. Okay. Is that what I'm in for this week? Yeah, maybe. It gets technical. <laughs> okay. So, I'm trying to buy a house mm-hmm. in New York State. Mm-hmm. Okay. I actually don't know who to give my... Like, I don't know who's making the rule that's making my life a living hell. Yeah. But, um, so, I can't be there for the closing of this house. I have, like, I, I made an offer. The offer was accepted. Uh, inspection happened. Negotiation. House is under contract. Mm-hmm. I have to get a mortgage. Sounds cool. Love mm-hmm. a mortgage. But then I have to close... Once we get the mortgage set it and the appraisal and the... Like, I can't close on this house because I will be in Auckland, New Zealand. I can't be that person. I need a representative. I need a representative then. Great. There's a very elegant legal way to assign a representative. Mm-hmm. Right? Exactly. It's called the power of attorney. <laughs> okay? Daryl knows what I'm talking about. All right? That's right. So, I have a power of attorney, and I... Max Ziskin, friend of the podcast, mm-hmm. is my agent. He has my Good. power of attorney. Okay? Great. I signed a document that's like, I literally initialed everything of like what my power of attorney. They, Max could steal all my money and abscond to Mexico and like, you wouldn't even have to actually abscond. He could just take it all. You would legally be able to do that. Legally and like not give it back and like that would be fine. Right. Okay? He can do whatever he wants legally. All right. We got it done the day before I was going to leave Auckland. I mean, leave New York for Auckland. Mm-hmm. I sent it to my lawyer. The lawyer, thank God, sent an email back right away that was like, yo, New York updated their forms. You have to do this again. And it just has to be this other form. Okay. No problem. I'm leaving tomorrow. I'll get it done in the morning. My flight's not till 9 p.m. or whatever. We went back to the notary because you got to get this shit notarized, right? We went back to the notary. We signed it. Notary stamp. Here's your $2 for the notarization. Done. Send it to my lawyer. Lawyer's like, great. No problem. I fly to Auckland. Two weeks go by. I send my bank the power of attorney form. They're like, oh, we actually need one that's like specific to this transaction. Hmm. Okay. I'm like, fuck! <laughs> really wish we could have done this when I was in still, in New York, is still in New York. So then I had to get my lawyer, I had to pay my lawyer probably a lot more to make another fucking document that was like fucking specific to this transaction. And it's like, okay. Now I gotta get that notarized. Yeah, but where do I, I know I have to sit in front of a witnessed notary, right? And so I have to go to the U.S. consulate to get that done. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> nice. Nice. But guess what? And they charge $50, which is a fucking <laughs> racket, by the way. Ooh, wow. But they need you to make an appointment through their website. Ooh. And the notary mm-hmm. is only in from 10 to noon on Wednesdays at the U.S. Ooh. fucking consulate. And guess what? <laughs> All the appointments through the rest of the year are booked up. Oh, my goodness. So now I'm like, all right, I email my lawyers back. I'm like, what do I do? They're like, oh, fuck. 
<laughs> like, let me see if there's like another option here. Is blah, 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 blah. They email back and forth. Turns out I can get something called an apostle. Do you know about this? Yeah, apostle, apostille. Apostille. Uh, yeah, it's basically a, notar- a notary's notary. It's a notary's notary. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's the next level. It's the, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, it's you know, senior level. manager notary. <laughs> yeah, well, it's like a state-to-state authentication service. Yeah. And so it's like, it's basically a representative of the New Zealand government signing that the notary, the, the notary that signed this document is a legitimate person and a legitimate notary. And he, that... We are telling you, the U.S. government, that that is the case. So I had to go this morning to get a document notarized by a New Zealand notary and then mail it to the New Zealand government in Wellington to get a fucking apostle to sign this, to send it back to me, to then scan and send to my lawyer, to then overnight mail to Max so that he can take it to his own notary and sign and stamp it there. He can scan that, send it to my lawyer, and then send the original document to my lawyer. It is a fucking nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. Yes. Annoying. Extremely fucking annoying. So that's where I'm at. Yeah. Wow. I mean, you know, that's old school authentication. Okay. We've got, you know, all of the uh, two factor on your phone. You use your little face, a little fingerprint, but. This is old school authentication, okay? Before the before you had an iPhone, you needed a state representative to verify your identity. Here's the thing. If you asked me before all this rigor and roll, are you pro or anti-authentication? I'd be like, <laughs> pro. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Like huge, huge pro. <laughs> like yeah. Sounds great. Great idea. Now, absolutely against it. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, just I'm over me. it as well. I'm, I'm over, over it. it, man. I'm over. Every it. time I dump my, I have to dump my cookies all the time. Google's just setting off. I'm setting off my own house alarm at this point, constantly. Yeah. If 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 you text me one more fucking six digit authentication <laughs> code, I'll stab you. That's like <laughs> you just gotta stop. You know. Mm-hmm. So I guess I'm giving you an anti-shout out to authentication as a concept. Like, yeah. just believe me. And if somebody steals my identity, that's on me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's pretty good. Yeah. That's where I'm at. That's where I'm at. Seemingly, at this level right now, it's taken care of. I have enough time to get this documentation done before I'm supposed to close on this property. But... That's uh, what's happening. Mm-hmm. Not without difficulty, but without sounds difficulty. like it's getting done. It is getting done. It's getting done. Yeah. Um, anyway, man, I'm going to sign off. So if you want to tweet at, if you specifically, Daryl, want to tweet at me, you can do that at Nold Podcast. And if you want to uh, follow us on Instagram, it's No One Likes the Tuna Podcast on Instagram. Patreon.com slash no one likes the tuna podcast. Tuna no one likes the tuna podcast at gmail.com. Rate and review us on iTunes or not iTunes. Apple Podcasts, right? Mm-hmm. Or wherever you catch your pods. Rate and review us. Give us a rating and a review. That would be nice. Um anyway, 
That's it for me. You good? I'm all good. We'll chat next week on Fast and Furious. Thank you.